So today we're going to talk about self-care and more specifically the self-care that how that looks when someone experiences trauma. And so I have here in this discussion, a dear friend, Stacy, and I, in preparation for this, I love the reference you make. And I can vouch as a, 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 a friend of yours that you like to call yourself a sociologist at heart, where your biggest <laughs> case study is you. And Absolutely. I, I love that because it's so much about this topic of self-care and, you know, that study, your study that you've done has led you down so many paths, which from an outsider, it looks like it's evolved into this transformational soulful journey that as you talk about your experiences, it just become, you become a teacher. And even if you're not intending it to, at least for me, I found myself just being a student of the school of Stacy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that said, I'd love to just start with what started you on this journey. Well, the Cliff's notes of that are, I went to a yoga class about mm, 18 years ago. I mean, I've kind of been on this journey for a very long time, but what elevated it was I went to a yoga class to find out the yoga teacher had called off sick and they turned it into a silver sneakers class. And my ego was like, I don't think so. I don't need a silver sneakers class. I'm 38 or whatever I was at the time. And so I left in a huff and went home and put on the CD that came with Caroline Mace's book about St. Teresa of Avila. And in it, she talked about the power of knowing who you really are. And in my nevte, I said, I want to know who I really am. And it was like, if there could have been thunder and lightning and all kinds of Cecil B. DeMille level stuff, <laughs> I feel like that's what happened on the other side of this dimension. Because they were like, buckle up, baby, because you've said the magic words. And that's really what started this, this level that I've been on and leveling up from over the last 20 years. It, you know... It, I recommend Caroline Mace a lot, but not if you have a tender heart. Yes, she can have a firm love. She yeah, has a, yeah. a, love, a very firm type of love. She does. I think sometimes we all need that because, because we get complacent in our self-care. We get complacent with the way our lives are going. And if your ego's involved, it can look like you're doing a lot of things to change that, but you're really not. And so every once in a while, a across the face from Caroline Mace is not a bad thing. But you know, I just wanted to put that caveat out there because she's not a gentle teacher. <laughs> right, yeah, there's some tough <laughs> love there. standpoint. So that's kind of what really started this. And that journey since like 2005, 18 years, ooh, I don't know if I'd have signed up. So in other this words, is why we don't have crystal balls, Erica. This is why. <laughs> and a reminder <laughs> to watch what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, 
And also understand, and I think this is such an integral piece of self-care because so many times we create an intention or we say we want something and then it looks like the exact opposite happens, right? And we just feel like a helpless kitten. But I thought I did all the right things. I wrote my intentions. I've done my manifestation work. I've done my prayers. I've done this. I've whatever it is that you do. But self-care is trust too. And understanding that if you've created that intention, that that's what's happening, even if it doesn't look like that to you. Yeah. And when you layer on the fact that, and I know you've, you share this publicly, so I, I, I feel safe in saying this and that trust is really hard for someone that has suffered early trauma. Absolutely. Developmental trauma is the beginning of a spider web. The actual experience is the core of a spider web and what gets woven through your psyche, through your body through your emotions from that trauma is extensive. And it affects everything in your life, whether or not you want to admit it. And that's just the truth from my standpoint. You know, I've also done a crap ton of research. You know, I have, I follow and read and study and absorb enormous amounts of information every week on this subject. And the commonalities that I see coming from different practitioners, from people who practice different modalities, from people who are trauma-informed coaches, they're, they're all verifying what I just said. It affects your relationship with them. It affects every relationship in your life. Trauma is relational. It affects your relationship with family, with friends, with partners, in your career, with money, everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Because of what, one of the reasons you just cited that trust is very challenging. And how, how you create the narrative of how you circumvent trust to be able to get what you need without actually trusting the coping mechanisms that you employ in order to get what you need without trusting, all of that comes back to the developmental trauma. Sure. All of it. Yeah. You know, and peeling that off, whether you want to call it an onion or a spiral, whatever metaphor you're comfortable with, all I know is it's not linear. <laughs> right. Yes. For sure. It is not linear. Right. I can I can vouch for that and and not having, uh, and, you know, I would say for this conversation that it's likely we've all experienced some level of trauma. It could be, everybody has. yeah, it's it all ends of the spectrum. And so I want to honor that those that it, it's been so significant and just like, I hold so much light and love there. And it can even just be that second grade teacher that said, you're never going to make anything of yourself. You know, that can right. also be a, a form of trauma. And so I and think, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, as we continue the conversation, I think where 
it would, I would love to, or I think it would be helpful and would love to go is when there's that broken form of trust, because when it comes to self-care and reconnecting with yourself, like I think of self-care, a lot of the work that I do is to, in order to reconnect with yourself or your higher self, or that part of yourself that has its best intention for you is to get quiet and still. And that can be tricky. It can be really tricky in a trauma-informed context. And what I will say is regardless of whether you've had developmental trauma or whether you're experiencing, because right before we started recording this, you were talking about all the information that you've been taking in. I can be traumatized. Living in this digital AI is coming, whether you like it or not, kind of world, we are constantly learning. That's overwhelming. The effects of COVID, which we are still dealing with because of all the changes that have come out of that, nothing is the same anymore. From how you get your groceries to how you communicate with people is not the same anymore. And so all of that change at this rapid fire level is traumatic. Now, if you've had developmental trauma, it's gonna be, it's gonna feel like even more. If you haven't, except for perhaps, and I'm not mitigating this in any way, the second grade teacher who says that, you know, it still is traumatizing. And in terms of trust, the only thing that has worked for me is being able to reconnect with my body. Because when you've had trauma, one of the main coping mechanisms is to use your intellect and your mind to override your body. Because especially with developmental trauma, you're not in a place as a child to have the cognitive understanding of what's going on. So the signals that your body is sending you, you don't know how to interpret. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have that level of awareness at that stage of your life. So by default, your mind becomes the engine instead of the chassis. And reconnecting, you know, the, the cycle, the term in the in the psychology world is dissociate. That's almost become hackneyed with all of the words and social media content and stuff created around this subject, but it is a disconnection. So whether it's scrolling social media mindlessly, binge watching Netflix, overeating, drinking six beers before dinner, all of that stuff is all dissociation when done in excess. You know, everyone, all of us need to just like scroll through TikTok for five minutes in the middle of the day because Girl, it's a lot living these, <laughs> these days, right? But when it becomes something that prevents you from doing the things that matter to you, when it begins to impact your relationships, now we're talking about dissociation and disconnecting because you don't want to hear what your body is saying. Right. So for me, the only way to regain trust in humanity, because the world's a shit show right now. Let's just be honest about it. So trying to regain some type of trust in humanity or even in the people who are around you 
can be a really tall order at this point in time. But you can't ever trust anybody else if you don't trust yourself. And you can't trust yourself if you are dissociated from your body. So what are some ways that you can, like that you have found, maybe you can offer our listeners is to trust yourself and reconnect with your body? It's not a black and white answer. Okay. And it's not, so it's a process. It's not like, oh, here's the light switch. Let me flip it on so I can trust my body. Everything's fine now, (laughs) moving on. It doesn't work like that. It's a journey, you know, and I, I often compare it to, you know, you would not go to the gym for 10 years, go for a week and expect to come out with a bodybuilder's body or looking like Heidi Klum. It's not going to happen. It's a journey. And there are a lot of different pieces to the journey. I think that's also something that's really important to emphatically state. You know, there are multiple avenues for doing this. And you have to be willing to be a scientist. You have to be willing to experiment with different things and see what works for you. Like I have a friend of mine who EFT tapping does not work in any way. I love it. Yeah. EFT tapping works really well for me to calm me down and help regulate my nervous system. And I want to say what I, this is a really important part of that building trust. So all of us have a nervous system that has three different stages, basically. You have fight or flight. You have the window of opportunity, which is a healthy, regulated nervous system. And you have freeze or shutdown. So those are the three pieces of a nervous system. And I hypothesize that there are so many people who have no idea that they're in one of the bottom or the top tier of of that spectrum, as opposed to being in the healthy middle. Because fight and flight looks like I can't sit still. I get super pissed off when the computer doesn't do what I need it to do. I get road rage when somebody cuts me off in traffic. I'm always volunteering. Yeah, it's that aggressive, rigid state that you just get locked in. And it's so hard to get out of that. And I imagine too, and I've seen when with my clients, when they do have that early trauma, that there's that heightened state of of scanning, of just always- Hypervigilance. Yes. Absolutely. Of just making sure they're safe. safe. Right. And so the nervous system is in that healthy middle window when it feels safe. And when it doesn't, it's in one of the two extremes. You're either running around making lasagnas for lasagna love because there are people in your area that don't have food to eat. You're volunteering at the church. You take on board risk. You volunteer for boards, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with doing any of that in a balanced way. But when you spend a lot of your time doing those things, and I think it's important because to talk about this stuff because people hear fight or flight and they're like, well, I'm not fighting with anybody and I'm not running away. Oh, contraire, mon frere. I think you probably are. You just don't know it. And so that's why I think it's important to recognize some of those behaviors that we may think of as normal in our lives, but are indicative that you are in one of the trauma states. Yeah. 
that at least at the at the least that you don't feel safe completely in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I would invite people to look at that in their lives. How much time do I spend scrolling on social media when I know I want to I get and I, I still fall into this today. I have this book I was reading. I was loving it so much, but I'm like, I'm really liking TikTok right now. And I'm like, why are you depriving yourself of joy? You are completely loving that book. And yet you're like listening to crap that doesn't matter from people you don't know. Right. <laughs> so what's up, Stace? What's up? You know? So it requires a level of awareness and a willingness to do some inquiry to ask ourselves, what am I doing? Then once you have that and you have that awareness, now you can begin to make more observations about how you behave in that. And once you do that, then you can begin to change. So for example, you're somebody who loves to volunteer. You volunteer and run the church bingo on Friday nights and you make lasagnas for lasagna love or volunteer at your food bank. And you do all these things, which is praised by our society, which makes it more difficult to understand what's really going on because everybody's telling you what a wonderful person you are by doing all this stuff and keeping a super clean house and never having a dish in the sink. Okay, that's someone who's in flight. Okay, someone who's in fight might be, I don't wanna be around other people because when I do, I get irritated. You know, the cashier at the grocery store makes a mistake and I snap a little bit, even though I don't want to hurt her feelings. Someone beats me out of the gate at the green light. That irritates me. You know, I'm at work and someone left a piece of paper on the copy machine and now I got to deal with it. What the hell, man? That's fight. It might not be in a boxing ring with George Foreman, but you're in fight. Yep. You know? And again, freeze is pretty self-explanatory. Yep. So when you begin to recognize behaviors that are indicative of not feeling safe through one of those three prongs, and there's also something called fawning, which is excessive people-pleasing, which to me is kind of tied in with flight. But in the psychology world, they've separated it. And now it's actually four defense mechanisms. It's fight, fight, fawn, and freeze. So if you're constantly making sure people have what they need, you're always making sure that if you're buying a package of Twizzlers, you buy one for your friend because you know she loves them. Like that kind of stuff. That's fawning. Yep. So once you become aware of these, then when you recognize and catch yourself at the grocery store, looking at that pack of Twizzlers, going, well, I'm going to buy one for Janice because I know how much she loves those. You can stop and take a breath and go somewhere I don't feel safe. And that's so important because that awareness, that simple action of pausing that hot moment and having that reflective observation just begins to shift things. And then you start to notice the next time you do it, that you notice it a little bit sooner. You start to then even catch it before it actually, you fall into that trap. So right. I think that's really really, really sage wisdom. And I wanted to ask you before we, you know, package this up is 
what would you offer practitioners like myself that work with people that get stuck in those and you're wanting them to, you're, you're guiding them to get in that restful state, but their intellectual chatter is so right. active that it gets in the way. Like how can right. you, what would you offer? Right. So you've got to address the nervous system. Yeah. And there are several people I would recommend investigating their social media content, be it on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. One of them, her name is Irene Lyon, L-Y-O-N. Brilliant practitioner has been doing this for a very long time. Suki Baxter, S-U-K-I-E, Baxter. Also a brilliant person in this regard because you have to deal with the nervous system before you deal with the mind. And this is what, for people who've had developmental trauma or whose nervous systems are not regulated, meditation's a joke. Yeah. Cause you are, you know, it's wonderful. And I, you know, I've studied all kinds of religious traditions and different forms of yoga and all this kind of stuff over the years. Cause at the end of the day, I'm a systems navigator. That doesn't work for you. Why don't you try this? Okay, that didn't work either. Go, why don't you look at this? Because not everything works for everybody, as I said before. So you need to address the body before you can address the mind. So when you're working with someone as a coach or another type of practitioner who wants to get to calm, you have to deal with the nervous system, which is for me doing what's called neuro drills. Yeah. And there are hundreds of them. Anything as simple as putting your finger on your chin and looking over to the nine o'clock sign or three o'clock, depending on how you're looking at this, and hold it there until you yawn. Because that will tell you you're starting to calm down. Then do it to the other side. If you do the clock, and I count silently in my head, but 12, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, until you yawn. Do it 11 through one until you yawn. Something as simple as running your tongue along your gums, because I believe, and I'm not gonna bet my life on this, but I'm pretty sure the muscles in your tongue are connected to your vagus nerve, which is what you need to stimulate in order to calm down. So just, until you yawn and then in the other direction until you yawn. That's a really great place to start. I love that. That is so good. Okay, Stacey, I'd like to end my episodes with the question is, if you are looking back at your younger self before you started this journey, what would you tell her? Please don't beat yourself up. Mm. For all the stuff that you're going to experience that because of the trauma you believe is because of you. That is so beautiful. And, you know, I've, I asked this question selfishly because these are all the things that someday when my, our teen daughters get old enough and they are curious enough to listen to this, that they can get to this point and right. hear that. So where can people find your fault? You know, at the end of the day, that's what that comes down to. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not your fault. 
and you are doing the absolute best you can with what you have from where you are. Yes. Okay. Where can people find you? Well, my website is stacyb.com and it's Stacy with an I. So it's S-T-A-C-I-B.com. And I am, hey, it's me, Stacy B on all of the platforms. Stacy, thank you. I could talk to it you. It was a pleasure to be here and share. Yes. Thank you, friend. <laughs>